0: all right welcome everyone to a new episode of the roscoe's wetsuit podcast we have a special guest on the show today nick shelton nick the uh connected introvert has been fine-tuning the craft of effective high-level social strategy and networking for 20 years beginning with his time in the united states air force nick learned skills that were indispensable to his journey Coupled with extensive research and 15 years of experience in the oil and gas industry, Nick finally cracked the code and developed the tools that gave him the confidence to flourish in social situations. Nick has successfully built a strong international network of friends, colleagues, and associates, and continues to teach introverts how to navigate social events with ease. Um, he's also the author of the Amazon best-selling book, An Introvert's Guide to World Domini- uh, Domination, Become a High-Level Networker, And upgrade your life um, which I was just telling Nick um, before the show sent it uh, sent the book to me and I highly recommend it so um Nick welcome to the show thank you very much it's great to be here absolutely so let's uh let's sort of I guess backtrack uh, your journey to kind of tell me where where did where did all of this like why why did we ultimately get a book written um, or, or you know your work being about sort of networking and, and socializing for introverts where I take it there were some some problems that you may have had in that sort of arena earlier on.
1: Right, so the, uh, if whether you want me to go all the way to the beginning or just where like this, this whole material of me putting out material about it came, uh, the material part is I, I was doing some speaking about this, and then people would say, hey, uh, I would, I'd like to get your book, and then I didn't have a book. So I said, oh, I should, I should write a book so that people have that resource. And so what had happened was when I was looking for resources on how to do this as an introvert, I, uh, I went and looked at books on you know, networking and socializing, and they were all written seemingly for normal people, and so there was nothing for specifically for the needs of introverts and shy and socially awkward people. And then uh, if I did find something that I could use, it always started somewhere in the middle. So it didn't start you from the beginning. And I said, I need something from the beginning. And so since there was nothing out there like that, when I did uh, hack my way through the system and find out how to do it, I said, well, I know that there's nothing out there for this. So let me you know be that resource and so i started giving speeches about it and i, I built a, an online course about it but then i didn't have the book and then so i i wrote the book and put the book out so there's more uh because i know that you know it helped me it helped a lot of friends of mine and so i said there's a lot of other people that could use this information so let me try to make it as available as possible so people can get this and get some some value and use it
0: awesome and then, I guess kind of the the other sort of uh, uh, sort of direction uh, you were talking about that we can go with that question. where tell me about just the the kind of journey that that you sort of went through to sort of overcome um, or in the first, I guess just identify your own kind of social anxiety and and introversion.
1: Right, so uh, started in the second grade when we moved from Texas to Colorado, and I started a new school, and I was very. Uh, shy, socially awkward, and introverted, three separate things, but they're all often found to, together. And I, I felt like I was an alien that had uh, not paid attention in my how to blend in with humans class. And I <laughs> i had to figure it out. I didn't know how people just naturally seem to communicate. And I didn't know how to, uh, you know, build those relationships. So, you know, I was put in the so quiet. I was put in the hearing impaired kids class because the teachers thought that I couldn't hear. And uh, but then, uh, when my mother talked to them, I was put back into the regular kids class. I tried to, you know, fit in and make those friendships, and I did make a few friends, sure. But it wasn't at the level because I saw hey the people that actually stood out in the spotlight. You know, they might be uh, less qualified than me, but they were getting all the opportunities. And so that happened in school. You know uh you know elementary middle school, high school, even college the uh, the person that might have been less qualified, less handsome, you know whatever they're they're getting the girl they're getting the uh, the, the job they're getting the opportunities and I was you know uh, flying under the radar, laying low, and then all of this stuff was passing me by and I said, I should be there, I should be able to do this. how am I not able to do that and that was because Uh, I wasn't able to, you know, be seen, be heard, and uh, I didn't know how to do that without becoming an extrovert, you know. So I said, there's got to be a way to do this uh, without, you know, compromising myself and my energy. And, you know, I tried alcohol, I tried making a little extra money, because I said, oh, maybe money will solve it, but it didn't. And uh, yeah, so basically, I I had to find a way and I, the way that I found was through observation, I just started going out, not in a, a creepy stalker like way, but I would just observe people in social situations. So I'd be maybe at a restaurant and I'd see what people were doing at that restaurant and how they interacted and what seemed to work and what didn't, and then I'd just go around. Anywhere that I was, I would look around because I think a superpower of, of introverts is observation and so I would observe. And then I would start uh, making notes and I would start implementing some of these things that I learned. And then the things that worked, I would build upon those things. And then once I knew how to do it, then it was really easy. You just have to know the steps. And I said, okay, so is this something that only I can do or can other people do And some of my friends tried and then they were able to do it. I said, this is really simple and it's a lot of intuitive stuff, but it's just things that you don't really think about in order to, you know, get known and then build that trust, build the connection and then maintain your relationships. It's it's not difficult, but people make it difficult in their minds, I guess, and they just don't know how. Uh, One of my mentors had told me Because you always hear about people going all in. I'm going all in on this. But you can't go all in if you don't know what to do. So once you know what to do, once you have the steps, once I was able to get those steps uh, down, then I was able to just fully immerse myself in building my network. And it made a huge difference in my life. I was able to do all kinds of really cool things and live the life that I wanted to live simply by just connecting with people better. So I hope that answered your question.
0: It did. It did. So what I wanted to ask you, was there ever a point that, that you sort of had a mindset that, you know what, I, I'm just not the type of person that could, like, that's just, I'm an introvert. I'm not like, like, or did you always, did you, did you have that sort of strategy or sort of like where you're learning, you're observing and then trying to, figure out how people navigate social situations Did you always have that belief that that it could be a learned skill yes
1: I always thought I said there has to be a way to do this there has to be a way around it without uh, you know completely changing who I am and so I just said I just need to find the way how to do so I can still be alone 90% of the time (laughs) and then that 10% I can just make the most of that 10% maximize that 10% when I'm out around and make those connections. And, and so I just figured if I just learn how to do it, and I, I never, never thought that there wasn't a way to do it. Uh, there was you know times when I didn't know I got frustrated because I I said, I don't know how to do this. But I always knew that there would be a way but you know i didn't know i wasn't confident that i would actually find the way (laughs) but i knew that i was you know going to try and you know naturally uh, in the book i talk about how like i kind of reached the end of my uh my rope so to speak and so i I got really frustrated and i you know decided hey my life didn't turn out the way that i wanted it to, to turn out and so at that time i was frustrated because I didn't see how how to bridge that gap, how to make it work. So, uh, let me have a sip of water. So, I I was planning to end my life at that time, but I didn't, and I found a way to make it work. So, so yes, I found how to, I said, there's gotta be a way. And then I, it became clear in my mind, I said, wait a minute, I think I know how to do this. Because I was reflecting on, like in the my time in the military, where they take complicated things and they make them simple. So they break it down, and we all know about like making a bed in the military. You know, if somebody just walked in a room and said, Hey, make this bed military style, you I don't know how to do that. How does that work? And but if they say, okay, step one, do this. Step two, do this. Then, you know, anybody, there's a wide range of IQs in the military and everybody can make a bed the same exact way perfectly. So they take that and they break it down and they do that with everything. And so it became clear to me, hey, if I do the same thing, if I take what seems to be complicated and I break it down into simpler steps, I should be able to find a way to do this. So I was Pretty confident that I was thinking I I can figure this out and just I can just break it down,
0: right? Right. So what were what were kind of the early the early stages when you were starting to like observe and like try to figure out you know what what worked as far as with other people in social situations? Then when you started applying that stuff yourself, did you did you see kind of an instant like sort of upward tick in your in your social skills and like the outcome, or was it? or what was it like a lot of trial and error
1: there's a lot of trial and error because if you just have one step so for example you know you arrive at the social event and then you might have some way to initially walk in and have you know get that opening conversation but then you go in you have that you go wow that's great but then What's the next step? So you're just standing there and then I'm thinking, oh, should I just go home now? Because I don't know what I'm supposed to do next. And so <laughs> there's you know, there's steps in there that I had to say, OK, well, I figured it out to here. And now it's just awkward. And now I have to just kind of sit and observe and see if anybody seems to have figured this out. And mm-hmm. then next time I will try to do whatever seems to be working for somebody else. Or, you know, maybe that time, and this even happens right now because I still go out and I still try different things, and so I might say how did, how would I figure this situation out and some some of my students now they will come up with these scenarios, and if I have never been in that scenario and i can 't think of what I would do, then I actually go out and put myself in the scenario and I say okay i 'm in the scenario. How does this work how would i how would I function in this scenario and then so there's always a way you just have to figure out what that way is. And so, uh, a lot of trial and error, just trying to say, okay, well, that didn't work. This is awkward. This is awkward. And then, so I try to save people a lot of those awkward steps <laughs> to just skip to, Hey, this actually works. This actually works. And then if it doesn't, then you have a backup and this, you can do this. And so it, it definitely, uh, it was definitely, some in the trenches trial and error for me, but I, uh, it was very rewarding when it actually worked out. And now I actually uh, look forward to getting in some of those situations that are a little trickier to, to figure out so I can figure them out and then I can say, hey, everybody, here's what you can do in this really rare situation. So mm-hmm. it's, it's a learning, always learning.
0: Experience. Right. And that and what you just said there about it it sort of always being like a learning process like it it seems like that um that's a mindset that seems very different from you know maybe what a lot of people kind of experience when I think of you know my own kind of introversion and just kind of um, I, I don't know, thinking that it's it's sort of a part of your personality um but it it's an interesting sort of mindset that instead it can sort of just be okay these are skills or you know that some people possess and that there's sort of a methodological sort of approach that you could take to to learn to acquire those skills I think like rather than taking it kind of as a as a personal like you know anytime I put myself out there in social situations you know it could just right kind of explode on you.
1: Yeah, so yeah, you can just break it down into the, it's much easier to think about it as just a skill set that you can learn and go out. And so you can still, you know, recharge when you're by yourself, go out there, you know, for however much time you're comfortable and just go through the steps. And yeah, it's definitely something that can be learned. And so even if you're, uh, if you are not shy, but you just need time alone to recharge, it works. If you're shy, then it, you know, if you have have a plan, and you just say, oh, okay, I just have to go in and just A, B, C, D, then that it works, and then if you're socially awkward, then it also works because, you know, we have those techniques for the body language and things like that, so you can say, okay, this is, I make sure that my my body language is good, like the cape walk. If you walk like you're wearing a cape, and you want your your cape to have a nice drape to it and flow properly, you're going to have a good posture, and you're going to have a nice." cool looking walk if you do that and so if you were kind of awkward before now at least you know you look cool when you're walking around so that's at least one less thing you have to worry about and then you know you will slowly work on these little habits and once you know what to do just these simple things then you you actually start feeling more confident and then that comes across to whoever you're talking to as well and it's so i think a lot of times we just get up in our heads about these situations. And if you can, uh, instead of overthinking it and trying to memorize stuff, if you can just be more natural by just knowing what to do, okay, what am I supposed to be doing? And then you just follow some simple steps that you can always default into because even I will forget sometimes I say, Oh, wait a minute, what am I supposed to be doing? Okay. And then I'm looking for other introverts, you know, so then I can just go and, and start doing that if I know exactly when I show up I'm supposed to be following these steps it makes it way easier and I know some people say well is it natural that way but it, it doesn't feel unnatural you just say in any social situation you go into you always are thinking of well what do I need to do what am I doing so uh, and who do I need to talk to so it's pretty much the same thing you just go in but you you I tried to break it down into simple steps first, you know, you walk in, you're going to go look, where's the food, where's the food and drink and you're going to go over there. You know, that's going to start your, your entry into the room. So now you don't have to stand in the doorway and try to figure it out and look like you're like a confused lost person. You walk in, you have a plan. I know when I walk in, I go toward the food and drink. That's the first thing I do. And then once you get your food, then you can either start a discussion about the food or you can scan and see where you're gonna want to sit sit down or where you're gonna set up for wherever whatever the event is, and then you're gonna you know, scan for the other introverts. And so you have a game plan when you go in. And if you have that, then it it just takes such a weight off your shoulders and it just makes you more you might still be a little nervous, but it's, it's way better. At least for me and for the people that I've talked to, once they have a little game plan, then all they have to do is just follow the plan.
0: Right. Right. There there are some other sort of interesting, uh, I don't know, I'd call them tactics, but kind of just approaches, I guess, in in terms of networking that you recommended in the book. Um, One of which was, was uh, an interesting one to me. Well, it kind of the the recommendation seemed to be to sort of be interesting or be super unique in terms of not not simply just trying to fit in with you know the other people i mean you know there is a degree of fitting in but then you you talk about kind of taking it you know kind of to the next level with with different sort of like ways of like thanking guests or uh i remember thanking or thanking the host rather um you talked about um, like sending them like a, a a postcard, thanking them. Like, I thought that was really interesting, um, interesting thing, just like doing things that like stand out from the rest of the group. Can you like talk a little more about that? Right, so
1: one of the things was, as you said, when you leave an event, so if you were invited by a person, so it's not just a company invited you, but if a person invites you to an event, then it's always good to send a handwritten thank you note uh, because nobody does that, or very, very few people do it, so you really stand out, and so they say, wow, they must have had a really great time, and if they have anything else in the future, they're going to think of you. You're going to be first on the list, because they know, hey, he really appreciated this event, and he sent me this thank you card, so you, you've you been moved up in their, in their mind uh, to a nice position, because you You were there and you appreciated what they did and you took the time to actually you know you didn't send a text you actually wrote out a thank you card and and you know put postage on it or whatever and sent it in the mail and that took your time and effort to do so and that's that's a big deal how often do you get mail from like handwritten mail from people probably very rarely so when you get it you remember it and so that would stick out in that person's mind, and it definitely elevates your status with that person.
0: Right, right. Well, I guess switching gears a little bit, what a, you know, as far as like someone who is maybe you know they're trying to get to sort of the the end sort of goal of being able to just socialize with ease, you know, right, just feel at completely at ease in whatever sort of networking social situations. Um, but they're they're trying to figure out how to get there what what are some of the key steps that you should recommend
1: so the main three pillars i would say is uh would be you know get known and then it's uh you know build the connection and then maintain the relationships and so getting known i like to say uh you get known by first an easy way is first getting pre-known and getting pre-known especially these days is is really easy so Uh, any sort of, like if your your industry, your work industry or any sort of organization that you would like to be a part of uh, that you think that would be cool to either take, you know, do whatever the activity is. So, for example, beekeeping, if you are interested in beekeeping or if you just said, hey, I'm interested in meeting the type of people that are into beekeeping, then, uh, for example, for that, you would look for any sort of uh, beekeeping events, and then, you know, naturally you'd sign up for that, but then any event is going to have some kind of social media thing attached to it. And so you'll go onto their social media, uh, there'll be a, usually like a internet forum, a chat forum or chat room, and you're gonna just kinda wanna observe and see who the main voice is, because there's usually like two or three main people that do most of the talking in there. And what you're going to want to do is piggyback on those, on their comments, and then just kind of compliment or, you know, ask a question, things like that. Get them used to seeing your name pop up. And then when the event's happening, you can say, hey, I'm going to that event. So if it's uh, Jim and Susan, say, hey, Jim, hey, Susan, I'll be at the event. I look forward to seeing you there and putting a face with a name. Please look for me and if you're if you're shy, then you can say, "I'm a little quiet, so you know I'll be you know I'll be over in the corner or whatever, but look for me," and then they'll say, "Oh, great. Uh, looking forward to seeing you there." So then, when you show up instead of just showing up into a cold room and not knowing anyone and starting from scratch, you're it's like a a pre-approved credit card. You just you're halfway there already, and so when you show up, you are showing up uh, looking for a specific person, you know, Jim or Susan and you're coming in, instead of in that cold room, just strange and just trying to figure it out, you're coming in at the top. So whoever is kind of vocal in those uh, those rooms, usually they're probably also well-known in the events as well. So when you go in, you meet Jim, uh, you know, he'll say hello and introduce you to whoever he's with, and usually that will be, you know, the movers and shakers of that event circle. So you've just walked in from, uh, you know, first not knowing anyone, then you kind of lightly know Jim and Susan. Now you go in, you meet them and they introduce you to the top people that are in that event. So now you have instantly put yourself in this uh, great advantage position. And from there, you are already well on your way to being known. You're, you've like signed that pre-approved credit card thing and now the credit card's coming. So, uh, so that's a really great way to you know, uh, start getting known in different places and circles or you know, anything in your industry that you want to do. And then the building the connections, there's a lot of ways to build trust. But one way I find is, is really easy and good to do is by asking advice because you could ask anybody something, but you came to that person. And so back to our beekeeping example, you could say, hey, uh, so if I'm starting, just starting out, is there a beginning kit? Is there a certain type of bee that's more sturdy that I won't accidentally kill? Is there, do I need one of those suits and one of those little smoke puffy things? And how does it work? And then, you know, you could have asked anyone in there, but you asked that person and and this is one of their passions because they're there. They're one of the, the leaders there. So They can't wait to share their expertise with you and say, oh, what you want to do and the mistakes that people normally make, and they will tell you, you know, some advice. And then it's a critical step. If you just leave and don't follow up, then it's all for nothing. But uh, to build that trust, you need to do, you don't have to do everything that they suggested, but if you do one of those things they suggested, and then you follow up with them and say, hey, here's what I did. From what you told me, here's what I did, and you show them or tell them what you did. Then now they're invested in you. They're like, oh wow, this is one of my people, because uh, you know they listen to my advice. And so now they're they're invested in you. They're interested in you, and now they're kind of looking out for you because they want you to be successful because your success kind of you know it's there. They succeed through you. So now they're looking out for you, and that trust is built. As long as you don't do anything to to mess up that trust, you're you're on the right track to build that trust. And then the last thing, the the third pillar is the maintaining the relationships. And I tell people to, uh, once every uh, quarter, uh, so every three months, you know, put a reminder on your calendar to uh, go through your phone contacts and your email contacts, both business and personal, and see who you have not talked to, that you should talk to, who you have not talked to in the past three months, And then make a list of all those people that you should have touched base with but you didn't and then you don't have to do it all at once but every day just chip away at it and i like to make little videos so i'll just make a video on my phone that way they can see me they can see my gestures they can hear me and it's more personal and i'll just say hey you know how's it going what happened with that knee surgery that you had and how's the new baby and whatever it was that we uh, had talked about last and then that keeps me at the top of their mind And they'll usually respond back and let me know what's going on with them, and you know they'll know what's going on with me. So now, you know, quarterly I'm going through my network and just keeping everything fresh. So it's not like six years pass and then I ask somebody, hey, can you help my kid get into college? And they say I haven't heard from you in six years, and now you hit me up asking me for a favor. So this keeps everything fresh, and you always know what's going on. They know what's going on with you, and that uh, that keeps your your network fresh and evergreen so those are the three main things that uh that people need to get some proficiency
0: with to uh to go from zero to hero and you know ty you have that when it, uh when it comes to sort of networking i think that's a your perspective it almost seems like you know correct me if i'm wrong but it kind of seems like you're you're recommending for people to like make you know make friends like not necessarily treated as like a you know like you scratch, you know, I I scratch your shoulder, you scratch mine or whatever, you know, in terms of with just a networking thing. um, Like that seems, it seems to me like you're, you're sort of advising, like, you know, build friendships with these people.
1: Yes. Yeah. Actually build real relationships when you go and try to meet people that you say, this could turn into a friendship. This is someone I would like to actually see and consider a friend. And sometimes you'll meet people that aren't that you say, I don't think that I can hang out with this person, but you know, we do agree on this one point and then maybe we can build something around, you know, we both love hot air balloons or whatever. And so even though I don't necessarily want to hang out and have beers with them, we can still bond over this hot air balloon, the shared love for hot air balloons or something like that. So, uh, yeah, so, but it's not just the shallow networking where you're just trying to say, what can I get out of this person? I have to have to leverage them to get something. It's, you know, actually finding something interesting and, and that's cool about that person. And they are now, you know, you treat them as a, as a friend or close acquaintance. And then that, that really propels you. So a lot of people, someone the other day, had said to me well I just want leads I want just more clients and leads and uh, you know I don't know if this would work for that but I said hey you know if you if you build these relationships you'll have all the leads you want because you know people know what you do and they'll just refer people to you because so like if you sell insurance or something and you make a lot of good solid connections then you know all these people are out there they know what you do and if somebody says hey I, I'm thinking about, I need some insurance. And then they'll say, oh, hey, I know Toby. Toby sells insurance. You should, he's a great guy. And so they they know you, they trust you, you're their friend. They're going to refer you and they're gonna vouch for you. So you don't really even have to push a sale on anyone. They're coming to you with a referral from someone that they trust, saying you're the one to go to for that particular service. So I think that's way better than just somebody just putting, you know, 200 names into a hopper and then just trying to, hey, I, I do this. You know, if you build right. real relationships, it's just way easier to actually, you know, do your business. Get those leads, if you want, through, you know, word of mouth by people that they trust.
0: All right. So, Nick, you know, we were talking about the the sort of ways to establish these genuine connections with people that you're networking with, not just trying to go in with an attitude of, you know, what's in it for me, but really, really trying to establish these genuine connections. So, so say once you do that, once you, once you meet people at at these different events or now, I guess with, with what's going on with COVID, you know, meeting kind of people online, what, how do you, how do you go about continuing and, and, and maintaining and then building those, those really solid, uh, uh, networking connections?
1: So, that's a great question and uh, maintenance is the most important part because what's the use of building all these relationships if you're just going to let them let them fade away so you have to maintain them and so first thing is uh, one of the things when you first start a relationship is uh, you can ask advice from somebody so asking advice always helps build trust Uh, sharing you know letting your guard down and sharing the uh, an embarrassing story or being vulnerable that also helps build those relationships but when it comes to maintaining relationships uh, one easy thing to do and especially in 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 today's modern times where a lot of people are kind of uh, uh, locked down either heavily or lightly and they're at home is go through your your email list and that's your personal email list and your work email list and and your phone contacts, both your personal and business phone contacts, and make a list of people that you haven't talked to in the past three months and that you should talk to. So there's, you know, there's people that you don't need to talk to and there's people that you say, I should talk to this person. And so make a list of all of those people and then you don't have to do it all in one day, but you know, maybe take two or three a day or maybe five a day or however many feels comfortable and actually reach out to them. Some people, might be good for a phone call. Some people, what I like to do is I like to do, uh, videos so that way they can see me and hear me. And so I'll I'll get my phone out and I'll record maybe a 30 second video about, you know, whatever the last thing was we talked about, Hey, how's your, your kid's soccer team going? How's your shoulder surgery? Right. How's the, uh, you know, uh, uh, what's going on with you? What's the latest, uh, you know, and, uh, and just touch base with them and then tell them what I'm doing. Hey, I'm, I've started doing this, I'm looking to do this, I'm trying to uh, get some speaking engagements or whatever. And so that way they can see me, I'm reaching out, uh, I, I stay on the top of their mind. And then that way if they, uh, if there is something that pops up in their mind that I might be the at an opportunity for me, they would say, oh, you know, I was just thinking about you, you would be perfect for this opportunity. Or the same thing the other way, if if there's something that I can help them out with, then you know we've been communicating. And every quarter, at least, we are in communication because it's really bad if you haven't talked to someone for six years or someone hasn't talked to you and they say, hey, uh, you, you happen to be a uh, like an admissions person for a university and they haven't talked to you for six, six years and they call you up and say, hey, uh, my son would like to go to your university, can you get him in? And you say, you haven't talked to me for six years. But if you had been maintaining that relationship, that person, uh, you would know that that person's son is getting older and starting to look at colleges and you would probably be the one to say, hey, has he considered going to this school? I could probably help get him in. And so it's a totally different conversation that's being had and it's it helps You stay on top of whatever they're doing, and they stay on top of whatever you're doing. So just doing the simple thing on reaching out, uh, you know, texting isn't really the best way to go. Emails aren't the best way to go, but if you can get a phone call in or a video, or sometimes I'll even send like a voice message, then that really uh, carries a lot of weight to it and helps you stay fresh on people's minds and really gets those relationships
0: maintained. Right. What about, I mean, it's like, how do you how do you choose which, because we all only have you know a, a limited amount of you know time and energy to, to sort of expend in terms of building these these different relationships? You know, how do you go about you know sort of selecting and, and choosing, you know, which people to stay in contact with, you know, when there's when there's so many options? I mean, each time you go to a networking event, you're you're continuing to meet more and more and more people. How do you do you have any Like specific size of your network that you that you try to aim for like at any given time or or do you just work on continue expanding expanding expanding
1: well i used to do like a pruning like you prune a tree and i'd say i have to get rid of some people here let's see who i can cut out but now what i do is more of an intuitive thing where i just say what what feels right what seems like uh like when you're making that list there are people that I say I don't really need to talk to this person. I don't feel that I need to reach out and talk to them. And then there are people that I say I really do feel that I want to keep in touch with this person. So it's just that kind of uh, everyone falls into a priority based on just how you feel about them, how you got along, and you know what, uh, you know how cool they were, you know, <laughs> around you, or or you know, just people that you actually want to be friends with or that you think are doing something that you want to be around. So if there's, like for me, people that are taking action or movers and shakers, people that are are high achievers, I say, I would like more people like that around me because then it helps me become like that, keeps my habits up. And so even if it's not a person that we're like hanging out having beers on the side, maybe it's a strictly... professional thing, but I say, I want to be in that person's orbit just because they have these really good habits that I would like. So I'm going to make sure that I stay in touch with them. And then there's other people that they're doing, they have these really exciting projects where I say, wow, they're really doing some uh, cool futuristic stuff with, you uh, you know, virtual reality and things like that. And I say, I would like to kind of know what's going on in that realm. So I'll make sure I keep in touch with these people so I can You know learn about the latest in virtual reality plus you know the person's cool also but uh, then there's some people that i say "Eh," because you know you'll you'll meet people at these events and then some people you say i definitely want to talk to this person again and then other people you might have talked all evening but you say i don't really care if i talk to this person again so that person uh, like if you do happen to leave with some business cards of people uh, when you get home you can uh, make a stack of, I don't really need to talk to these people, and then a stack of, I definitely need to be reaching out to these people tomorrow and just kind of uh, get them on my list of people that I want to follow up with. It's just, uh, there's certain, it 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 seems like it just naturally falls into this, this priority uh, scale. So you can always add some people in and then they will sort of sort themselves out on your scale for your time and so some people take priority in time over others just depending on how you feel about them and the relationship that you have
0: switching gears a little bit i i wanted to go back to something in your book um uh, kind of a general concept but there's something i specifically remembered where you're talking about you know like uh saying people's names you know when you meet them but but at the same time some people like overusing that right where they're they're every single time that they address you at one of these networking things they are like, Nick, you know, it's great to meet you. Nick, what's, what's, uh, what are you doing? Like, like they, so it's like, it's almost like mechanical and forced. And I think for like a lot of introverts, you know, who, who socializing, especially with these big groups, it might not come super naturally to these people, but you know, they're working on, on building all of, you know, their, their sort of social skills, their networking skills. How do you, how do you do that without it, Without it coming off as as inauthentic, how do you how do you how do you keep that sort of genuine uh, sincerity in the interactions?
1: Right. Well, so I find that you know, when people overuse the name, I always think, "What are you up to? What are you trying? To, are you trying to angle in on me or something? What's happening?" And so I'm automatically suspicious on when people are using my name too much. But at the same time, if they just say it a couple of times, that's fine. And for me, what you'll you are ever around watching me network with people, I usually will say their name one time at the beginning, and then I might not remember it at the end of the conversation. So usually I just say it once. I might say it twice. I might say it at the beginning and at the end. So when I meet them and they say their name, I repeat their name, and then maybe at the end I'll say, nice to meet you, and I'll say the name again. But I don't say it at all in the middle, even though I know that You know research shows they say people like hearing their names but i'm not peppering that in there unless you know i need to get their attention they they are distracted eating their you know cookies or whatever and then i have to say their name to get their attention but other than that i i usually don't use people's names unless it's uh it's just at the beginning or at the end and even like i went on a date last night and i I did not say the girl's name the entire time. I didn't say it at the beginning, didn't say it at the end, didn't say it at all. And I thought about that. I said, Hmm, I wonder, wonder, uh, and I think she said my name one time. So I I felt it went very well. It was perfect. So nobody was uh, overusing any names and I don't think you can under, underdo it. It's nice when people remember. So if, you see someone the second time, so if you go to an event and somebody walks up and they say your name, then that's cool because you say, "Hey, they remember me but if they they still shouldn't abuse it and say it you know thirteen times during the conversation. but if they just walk up and and just say your name like they remember you then that that is that's pretty cool. Everyone likes to be remembered,
0: sure. How, tell me about you know in 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 the book you talk about somewhat as you as you kind of got really you started to improve these networking skills and really got better yourself you started seeing the results and you started getting invites to these things that that you know previously you had never like tell me just tell me some kind of like personal stories of of how implementing these different concepts and, and strategies in the book really ended up paying off for you
1: yeah so it's really interesting on like certain things like i wanted to be around uh the the scene where people have private jets cuz i said hey that's pretty cool you know i'm not in the tax bracket to be a private jet guy but i said if i'm just around private jets that's halfway there you know so then i there's these uh these uh, private jet parties so there was a fundraiser where they had a bunch of jets out and uh, you know, you go and you have some hors d'oeuvres and some cocktails and and mess around with the planes and talk to some of the pilots and talk to some of the 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 important people, you know. And so I went to that and then and what once I, I was first I found out about it because I was on the list, you know, like I say in the book to get on a list. So I found out, oh, this exists. And then I went there, and then when I was there. I met someone who said, you know, they started asking me, what do you think about these planes? I said, yeah, this is really nice. I really like this plane. They said, oh, you think that's a good plane? You need to see me on Wednesday and I will show you some real nice private planes. And then, you know, and then from there, I met someone else who had said, oh, hey, I saw that you were talking to so-and-so about those planes. You should check out these planes. And so I got to have a lot of uh, time around people that either own or uh, charter private jets, and then the people that run those companies. Uh, just because I showed up and I was there and and engaged with the people, and I didn't do anything fake and you know pretend like oh yes when I take my jet out or anything like that. It was very humble. I said hey, I have not. Uh, in the market for one of these, I just like the atmosphere and like being around them. And I think it's pretty cool. And hopefully one day if I play my cards right, maybe I can, I can uh, have one of these for myself. And, you know, that humbleness, people just say, oh, hey, well, let's give you the experience. Let's, uh, let's, uh, let's show you around and get you familiar with this. Now, if I would have hit it from the angle of, you know, hey, I'm some kind of big shot too, then, you know, those, they most likely would have found out, no, you're not, (laughs) you know, (laughs) and uh, yeah, it's, it's much better when people really like it when you just straight up with them and just say, hey, I'm just here because I just want to check this out. And then you get all kinds of cool experiences because people want to, people that have nice stuff, they want to show it off and they want you to have the experience and, and to, uh, say hey I was his first experience you know with you know private jets or you know whatever boats yachts and you say hey I was on so and so's yacht the other day and it's pretty cool and you're like what his yacht isn't cool my yacht's way cooler than that you gotta come check out my yacht you're like okay yeah see so it uh it it builds it's a lot of fun so it's just little things showing up making a real connection being humble and then people just tend to invite you to other things just because you're there.
0: It's funny. I was, I was just rereading the book, uh, Dale Carnegie's book, how to win friends and influence people. And yes. so what you're talking about really reminds me of one of the, the, the main concepts in there, which is sort of showing interest in another person in, in terms of, in terms of if you show interest in, in what they care about, people love talking about themselves. So If you act, I mean, if if you actually really are genuinely interested in whatever they have going on, then they actually want to share those experiences, those yachts and jets and and all that stuff. I just was drawing the connections there.
1: Right. They'll say, uh, hey, uh, if you happen to be in Miami this weekend, you can go out. We're going to take the boat out. And I say, what am I doing? Uh, Yes, I'm canceling whatever, you know, maybe I was going to. Celebrate my mother's birthday, but nope. Now, <laughs> now uh, I guess I'll be in Miami, right. and I'll see her when I'm when I get back. You know, there's there's different opportunities that pop up like that, and it's a lot of fun. And and for the listeners, I would I would definitely celebrate my mother's birthday. I wouldn't, uh, you know, she she would understand. It'd be okay. But uh, another thing I wanted to bring up is uh, on being remembered when you go to. Social events, and I think in the book I mentioned having some kind of uh, the way you dress. If you have some kind of accent piece on your wardrobe, that people go, "Huh, what's going on with that?" Then it helps them remember you, and it helps trigger something in their mind, so that it just stands out uh, against the the crowd. And so the other day I went to an event, and it was a formal event, so you know had the suit. Everyone's wearing suits, and so there's a lapel pin. I got I said I'll put a lapel pin on that's a a dragonfly and I know no one's going to say anything about it but everyone's going to see it and go what's with that dragonfly and they're going to assume that they're supposed to know what it's supposed to be and so they they're not going to ask because then it would make them seem like Like, what? You don't know? You don't know about the dragonfly? Security, get this person out of here. How would you not know? So everyone noticed it, but no one said anything. And then after the event, I brought it up to people and I said, what do you you think about the dragonfly? And they're like, yeah, what's going on with that? I said, I put that on just so as I was meeting people, they would see it and it would trigger something in their mind, like, wonder what's going on with that dragonfly. And then they would remember me because it's instead of blending in, it's something that just pops out and it uh, is something that files away in their mind as something that uh, this moment is kind of captured, like a picture in their mind. And yeah, just a simple little lapel
0: pin. It's an interesting progression because it, it's sort of like, it seems like as a, you know, for a lot of like introverts who, who socializing in, in these networking events may not come super naturally to, you know, and they, they, they're sort of sticking out like a sore thumb and they're working on kind of cultivating all these skills so they 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 fit in. But what you're talking about now is almost like this next level of like standing out. Where it's like, do, do you view it as like a progression of like, like learning the skills, learning how to relate and fit in, but then eventually taking it to that next level where, where you're actually sort of going above and beyond? Well,
1: I'd say you don't really want to fit in. You always want to stand out, but you don't want to stand out in an awkward way that's the big fear is oh i'm gonna i'm gonna not seem like i'm a part of the group so you're going to go in there and you'll be a part of the group but you still want to stand out so you just don't blend in like well this is just everyone's just like this there's everyone's like this but what's going on with that dragonfly you know there's what's going on with that yellow belt you know there's got to be a story with those shoes or that hat or something and so there's you know, if you walk in with a fedora, people go, well, he's the only one with a fedora. What, did I miss the email that they were supposed to wear fedoras? What's what's happening with that? And so there's these little things that, yeah, you don't want to, you know, have a fluorescent uh, orange suit or anything and walk in there uh, if, if you are the only one like that. But it's just these little things to kind of stand out because you want to stand out enough just so people remember you and they uh it just triggers something in your mind so you're not having a forgettable moment a forgettable conversation you want something to kind of trigger where they say something's interesting here let me take a moment and see what this person is about and then you'll get into your conversational a b c d tips to you know express your interest let them know what's going on and uh you know Form that real, real link, that communication, that bond with the person. But you have to have something that kicks it off at the beginning. And for me, that day, I said, "Let's go with the dragonfly pin." I've since ordered several more dragonfly pins, so I have different, different, uh, different styles of them that I can throw on now. So people now say, "I don't." Every time he has a different dragonfly pin. What's going on? Yeah. So uh, you know, it's, it's the little things.
0: Right on. Well, Nick, we're, we're coming up onto the end of the show, but before we go, like what, what are some simple tips or, or simple, like if someone is just, uh, you know, wanting to get st- getting started as far as improving, you know, their, their ability to network, you know, someone who isn't more introverted, where do they, you know, there, there's all of these different things and concepts and strategies that, that are in your book and that we've talked about, but where, where, where do you start?
1: I'd say the most important thing is to show up. So if if there's any sort of event that you are somewhat interested in, or just find something that you're interested in and just go to it. And even if you don't talk to anyone, you don't have to talk to anyone. If you just go and sit there, that's better than not going at all. If you just go and observe. So showing up is the number one most important thing. Show up first, then try to find someone that looks like you feel so if you see somebody over in the corner or, you know, messing with their phone or that uh, you know, seems like they're shy and dodging conversations with people, go and talk to that person. Because they are probably right there with you on the same awkward level. And that's a really great place to start. You don't have to pick out the, the, uh, the superstar in the room, the VIP or the headliner, and try to run up to them right away. Just show up and then observe and you know, find someone around the edges. And even if you don't talk to them, just go stand next to them. Just go stand there and then maybe they'll say something to you. Maybe you say something to them and even if it's awkward, at least start. Just uh, do a little bit at a time so you don't have to jump right in and it's not like you show up and all of a sudden you're you're running the show. Just show up and know when you feel comfortable observe find someone uh, hunt the introverts around the edges and go and uh, engage in some just light small talk i know some people say oh i want to get past the small talk but if you're just starting out start with something small just something something really easy hey these sandwiches are a little dry you know so something it could be anything and uh, and that's pretty much the the best the
0: best way just showing up showing up is the key Great. Well, Nick, I've really enjoyed having you on the show today um, and our discussion. If people uh, are interested in finding out more about your work or want to get your book, where would you direct them to?
1: So I would tell them to go to connectedintrovert.com. Connectedintrovert.com has a a link to the book in there. Uh, And the book is An Introvert's Guide to World Domination. That's available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble and uh but you can just go to connectedintrovert.com you'll see the book you'll see an online video course and then there's some uh, coaching and mentoring on there as well and I should have a workshop coming up here in the next uh few weeks as well so connectedintrovert.com
0: awesome i love the the book title by the way it, uh, the the boldness of it i love it
1: thank you very much and it's It's because people say, well, what does that mean exactly? And I say, it's about, you know, uh, dominating the world within and then being able to dominate your world without. So it's not, you know, taking over the world, but it's taking over your world, your inner and outer world.
0: Love it. That's what it's about. Awesome. Thank you. Well, and for those of you guys who enjoyed the show today, go ahead and like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. We are Roscoe's Wetsuit. And you can also find audio versions of the podcast available on Spotify, Apple podcasts, Stitcher, and just about anywhere else audio podcasts are available. Also check out all of this stuff at Roscoe's Nick, again, it was a pleasure having you on the show today. Really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you very much. It was awesome for me as well. An honor and a pleasure. Absolutely.